When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Are you worried about your teen's mental health? We've talked a lot about mental health concerns here on On Boys. We've talked about anxiety, depression, suicide prevention. It's real, these things are happening. If you think that your teen might benefit from some professional support, I have an option for you. Go to teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Teen counseling will connect your 13 to 19 year old with a licensed professional counselor. And all of the counseling sessions are done via video conferencing or phone. And your teen can text too if they need extra support. The best part, with teen counseling, you have access to expertise that might not be available locally. You can choose a gay therapist for instance, or a person of color. On Boys listeners get 10% off their first month. Sign up at teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Almost one third of boys are trying to gain weight or bulk up. That stat is from a recent New York Times article by Lisa L. Lewis, a freelance journalist and mother of a teen boy. For years, body image concerns were kind of thought of as a female thing. Girls were the ones who worried about how they look. And as moms, most of us are acutely aware of the images that we are immersed in in the media, the super thin, super busty, just oozing sex all over the place image that we sort of internalize and think we should look like that. Well, today's boys face a lot of that pressure as well. Think about it. Superhero costumes for toddler boys now come equipped with built-in muscles. Two and three-year-old boys are, have built-in muscles in their Halloween costumes. Popular teen TV shows such as Outer Banks on Netflix right now have 20-something actors with chiseled faces and abs playing 16-year-old boys, creating utterly unrealistic expectations for our boys and the girls who are looking at our actual 16-year-old boys. <laughs> Instagram and fitness magazines highlight well-muscled bodies, and every single high school coach I know is pushing his athletes to spend time in the weight room. Perhaps it's no wonder then that a 2019 study found that 22% of young men ages 18 to 24 had an eating disorder due to a desire to enhance muscles. If you have a son 
you must be aware of the pressure your son faces to look a certain way. And you need to know the signs and symptoms of disordered eating, body dysmorphia, it's a thing for boys just as it is for girls, so that you can intervene if there's a problem. Joining us today is Lisa Lewis. She is the author of that New York Times article, When Teen Boys Use Supplements. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. So you started that article with your college-age son telling you he was cutting. And in this context, this means drastically reducing calories temporarily as part of a bulk up plan, which will then include um, bulking up via weightlifting and supplement use. And you mentioned protein powder, you mentioned creatinine. Tell us about that. My son just finished his freshman year of college and um, ended up coming home for the spring quarter as uh, all of our students were sort of called home uh, due to the pandemic. So he had already been using supplements uh, sort of off and on throughout high school because he played football. So that was really where this whole uh, process started in, for him and our family. I have uh, two kids, both teens, one's a boy, one's a girl. He suddenly developed an interest in playing football when he got to high school. He played flag before that, but this was a brand new thing for our family. And right away, it was exactly as you mentioned, the time in the weight room was a huge part of it. And what I found too was he, he enjoyed it, um, but it also became a social thing for him. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, even after the season was over, after school, he'd go to the gym he'd be meeting a friend there, that it really was, was sort of part of what he did. So when football ended, he still enjoyed that, um, the going to the gym, the lifting weights, the social part of it, but he sort of needed another focus for it because it was no longer for football. Football was not something he was gonna be continuing with. And that's when he decided, oh, well, maybe I will look into doing bodybuilding. With that as his new focus, it did kind of shift a little bit, his use of these supplements. And so that um, when he did say he was cutting, yeah, you know, my first thought was self-harm because right. that my, you know, understanding of what that term meant. And so he explained to me, no, cutting means actually sort of cutting weight, losing weight so that you can show off those muscles. It was concerning because when you talk about deliberately trying to lose weight, um, yeah, that was when sort of, for me, it was a little bit of, uh, oh, I, I need to find out more about this and really kind of stay on top of this and continue to stay on top of it, really. Mm -hmm. Interesting, that word cutting. Uh, you know, of course, we all go to the, the uh, widely recognized term of cutting, but it's just fascinating to me, like boys would not choose the term dieting because that's likely what their mothers have done so that they aren't going to use that term. So I, I, you know, that's a bit of an aside, but I just think that's interesting that boys would choose a different word. That's kind of dramatic. And also as you're talking, like lifting weights is not a bad thing. It's a social thing, as you said, and yet it's like this whole conversation today is about monitoring the extremes that your that your son is taking it to. So not to say that, you know, going to the gym, we don't want to discourage that. That's a good thing, but watching and and I'm curious to hear all the ways that we should be watching. 
I'm curious about that too, because, you know, so often this starts in a really good place. Your son uh, joins football. He wants to be the best athlete he can be. Fantastic. Go for it, kid. And, you know, trying to watch and figure out when something goes too far, how much is too much. That's a question that most of us parents have, and we don't have the expertise to know the answers to those questions. I love that you're a journalist. So of course your, your curiosity and your professional skills led you to make some phone calls and write an article for the New York Times with what you learned. Yes, my kids are used to that by now that generally, you know, when I find out about something there that, that concerns me or that I feel like I need more information about, I do end up talking to the experts. And, um, and that helps a lot because then when I come back to them, I am armed with information and studies because a lot of times, you know, his first thought is, you know, what do you know about this? I mean, not that that's a direct quote, but they don't necessarily want to listen to their parents um, right away. And so it really helps to be able to uh, talk about it in a, a fuller way to be able to, to, because there is a continuum, as you were mentioning. Some of this is good, but it's all sort of where you are um, along that continuum. And it can veer into dangerous behaviors. The supplement use itself is not ideal, but it's, it's widely done. And um, sort of acknowledging that it, it is so easy for them to start taking supplements. Their friends are doing it, their coaches are recommending that they bulk up. So sort of acknowledging that and uh, coming at coming at the topic from that standpoint, as opposed to just don't do it. Because I think we've seen that just say no, I mean, in so many contexts, really doesn't work. Right. Let's talk about these supplements. I'm not even sure I know what's all out there and what teen boys are using. I know protein powder is a big thing and you can buy this stuff, you know, anywhere, Amazon, GNC, creatinine, what is out there and what are boys reaching for and using? Um, well, and actually protein powder is by far the one that, that is the most widely used. And that is the one that um, my son was using primarily as well. And, um, you know, the study that I saw is 38% of high school boys um, who had been surveyed said that they had used protein powder or protein shakes within the past year. So that's a huge percentage. And, and also just as an aside, um, girls do use some of, some of these supplements too, but not nearly to the same degree. Because you know some of these they're using for performance, but a lot of it when it comes to boys, it is about appearance. It is about bulking up and that isn't necessarily the goal for girls when they're using mm -hmm. Um, so protein powder by far the most widely used. Creatine though also is fairly widely used. Um, there was the Monitoring the Future survey, which is done on a fairly regular basis. The most recent results, it was almost 17% of high school senior boys had, been, had used creatine. And that was also one that um, my son had used. But really, I would say protein powder was the one that he was using on, on a more regular basis. Okay, I gotta ask, what's creatine? Why should we be worried about it? Creatine, it's a supplement that can help boost uh, what they call the short-term performance. So it's not gonna help for endurance. Um, and it can help them increase muscle mass. But what's interesting when I talk to some of the experts about this, it does that by increased water uptake into the muscles. So a lot of that is more appearance. And as one of the, the um, physicians I talked to said, it's water weight. And that's not necessarily what boys are going for. Right. Um, 
And also they mentioned that there's a, um, an aspect of it. Some people are considered responders to creatine versus non-responders based on how much creatine you already have in your body. So it's one of those things where it doesn't even work for everybody. It's generally considered safe. Um, the big caveat I kept hearing was it really hasn't been studying, studied in teens. So it's generally considered safe in adults, but they don't really have the same um, level of research having been done in the teenage population. So that was sort of the note of caution I kept hearing. And it is added to things these days too. My kids bring home energy drinks that they pick up, you know, at the corner store. I think it was Bang was the energy drink they had. And it has creatine added to it. Well, and that's the other thing is looking at the label for whatever these products are. A lot of times it's not just a single element like protein powder or like creatine. It's some sort of a blend. And those are the supplements that really are considered far more worrisome. It is a blend of all sorts of things. And the real concern is contamination and adulteration because there may be things in there that aren't even on the label. And that I think was sort of one of the scariest things that I found out um, when I was talking to some of these experts. Part of the issue is it gets back to the fact that these are classified as dietary supplements. And the FDA does not actually test those before they go out and hit the shelves, which I didn't wow. until I exactly started talking to people about this. There was a law in wow. 1994 and it basically prohibits them from pre-screening. So things get out there on the shelf, super widely available. When there's a problem that gets brought to their attention, you know, they'll issue a voluntary recall, but that's voluntary and that's after the fact. So that is absolutely a concern. When you look at the continuum of what's considered safest, protein and creatine on the safer end of the continuum, not 100% safe. I mean, not, nothing is 100% safe. Um, caffeine is another one that you'll see in these. Caffeine, generally safe, but of course, huge. <laughs> yeah, as, we're all as we hold up our cups of coffee here. <laughs> exactly. um, but that's the issue is that there can be all sorts of things in some of these supplements and you won't know. And for instance, caffeine can be in a lot of these. Sometimes it's on the label. Sometimes you don't know how much. So if you take that yeah. and you drink a cup of coffee and then you go work out, that can be actually a real issue. And that, and that is, is something that's been called out. And throw in an energy drink too. Absolutely. And so the ones that are considered in energy drinks, high levels of caffeine. So you, you do have to, um, you know, encourage kids when it comes to caffeine to be tracking the level of caffeine because you can easily have too much and that can, um, that can be an issue. Elaborate on that a little bit can be an issue. How, what can happen? And you know, what do we need to let our kids know they feel invincible? They do, and they sort of want the, the quick fix. So I think that the, the real issue, even more than caffeine, is some of the other things that can be in some of these supplements. Um, Testosterone-like um, uh, supplements can be in there, and that's something that you don't really want additional levels of testosterone in your body. That's, you know, when they talk about the anabolic steroids, you know, those are essentially a form of that. Um, and those are banned. 
and um, they've had other um, untested drugs that can be in there. Um, essentially, the pre-workout blends and the muscle building blends are the ones that were flagged as generally more worrisome in terms of what they contain. One of the experts I talked with, uh, Dr. Peter Cohen, he's done extensive research into dietary supplements and really analyzing what's in them. Uh, one of the studies, he found that some of them had something similar to ephedra, which stimulates your heart. So those are really not the kind of things you want in your body right before you go do a heart workout. And as you said, because these things are not carefully controlled by the FDA, you really don't know what's in it or how much of what's in it. And even what it says on the label, it's not necessarily that's how much is, is in it. A couple points about that. The first is one of the things that was recommended is given the current climate, one way that you can actually have a better sense of what's in the label is if it's been tested by a third party. So there's um, a group out there called NSF, um, and an NSF for sport logo, if you see that on the supplement, that means that it has gone through their rigorous testing. Uh, and in fact, their testing is recognized by the US Anti-Doping Agency. Oh, so good. see that on the label, that is actually a good indicator that in fact it has been vetted beyond um, just sort of, you know, formulated and put out there on the shelves. But the other thing is there is, in fact, a movement right now to try and better regulate these. There are two laws that were recently introduced, one in Massachusetts, one in New York, that would essentially forbid stores from selling these to people under the age of 18 and require them to be kept behind the counter or in a locked case. Um, and that really is because, you know, these are so widely available right now. They're marketed in a way that really does appeal to teens' body image, um, what you were talking about, those, you know, the body ideals that they see, these people with the, you know, they're completely ripped with, you know, the, the full-on six-pack and all that. And, you know, teens go in and they think, oh, if I just buy this, I'm going to look like that. Well, those are deceptive marketing practices. I talked to someone at the um, Harvard School of Public Health, Dr. Bryn Austin, about because she's actually been advocating for these kind of uh, regulations for quite a while and worked with um, legislators in Massachusetts to craft this. The New York law is very similar, proposed law, I should say, to what was recently introduced in Massachusetts. Um, so there is this movement afoot to really try and help curtail the wide availability of these supplements to teens. It reminds me so much of um, the e-cigarettes and vaping, right? Like it, it got out there and it's attractive to our kids. And once it's everywhere, then people are like, oh, we should probably make some laws. Meanwhile, we parents are in the middle of trying to deal with this. Exactly, exactly. And that's where it gets back to trying to help kids understand um, the different levels of risk. And and I mean, I think that that's just sort of acknowledging that, that kids are going to be curious, are going to want to try some of these, and their friends are using it, the coaches are using it, as we, or are recommending it as, as we had talked about. So then to help them understand the different levels of risk, that if they are going to um, want to try a supplement, something like protein or creatine is a better option. Something like a pre-workout blend or a muscle building blend, not a good option. And explaining to them about why, I think that really helps too as opposed to just don't do it because that's that as as i've mentioned earlier that that just generally is not an effective approach <laughs> and it seems like a place where the conversation needs to be happening is at the coach level 
Yes. Well, so that gets to sort of what are some of the better approaches for these teens who do want to bulk up. And a big piece of that is training. So that was one of the things that, that I also heard. You know, you really do need to focus on the basics, and that's training, nutrition, and sleep. And so when it comes to the coach or the trainer, ideally, you want somebody who's certified. So ideally, it's about training. It isn't just turning to a supplement as a quick fix. You know, these are not magic potions. Nothing's going to happen overnight. Um, but being there and putting in the work over the long haul. That's what it takes. It's so American to want the quick fix, though. And we see it with us as the adults, right? I mean, there's a much bigger market for cholesterol meds than there is for healthy eating and exercise. Absolutely. It's not nearly as appealing to think about you have to sort of do this for the long haul. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order, byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is, deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. It's telehealth. You can access care 
from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. And I, as somebody who's been living with teen boys for the last lot of years and still has many to go, I feel like nutrition and sleep are constant points where, you know, as a former nurse, as a health writer, as a parent, I'm like, these things are important for everything. And they feel like they are, again, utterly invincible. I don't need sleep and I can live on Takis and energy drinks. Absolutely. And clearly that's not the best approach. And that, that's also where a good trainer is going to be emphasizing the nutrition aspects as well and the sleep aspects. Um, and when it comes to nutrition, having enough protein is important. That being said, you can usually get enough protein through food sources. Um, and the other thing, you know, these are supplements. These aren't meant to replace healthy eating. If anything, this can be in addition if you simply aren't, you know, getting enough protein through your daily diet and you want to add a little bit more, that's one thing. If you're replacing it, you know, this is not instead of eating a healthy meal. But the other piece that I found that was interesting is the timing of when you have the protein actually can help too. For mm. And I don't know how widely known that is among, you know, our teens, but it has to do with the post-workout uh, phase, the recovery phase, that mm. During that time frame, I spoke to Dr. Michelle Labatz. She's a physician who was actually the lead author on the clinical report that the American Academy of Pediatrics put out a couple of years back on using these performance-enhancing substances. And what she said is in that post-workout phase that for teens to aim to eat about 20 to 30 grams of protein every few hours and before bed, that during that um, post-workout phase, what she described it as is sort of a synergy between the working out and ingesting the protein that really helps with building new muscle. And that's something that I think is, is sort of an easy message to help kids understand is it's not just the amount, but it's also when. So it gives them something to focus on. And it's kind of a way that you as a parent or a coach can um, show that you understand and respect what their goals are, right? It, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying, hey, here's some information that's going to help you do this even more efficiently. Absolutely. And again, with the caveat, even with the protein powders, there is still the risk of contamination. So to be aware of that and to be aware, you know, the different brands out there looking for that label and recognizing nothing is risk-free, but if they are going to be using some sort of a supplement, that is definitely on the safer uh, end of that spectrum. So let's talk about sleep. Yes, sleep. Another topic that is actually one that I am very, very interested in. So I was sort of delighted to hear it come up when I talked to these experts because it, it's, it's essential for, for human beings. I mean, nobody can go without sleep. 
you can go without food longer than you can go without sleep. But that's also a huge thing in the recovery phase. That's when your muscles are rebuilding. And that's also important prior to the workout or the mm. game. You are never going to find a coach who's going to say, you know, oh, go out the night before, stay out all night. Nobody ever would be given that kind of advice. But it isn't something that, that kids necessarily want to hear. You know, they should be getting eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. And when you say that, you know, some of them are going to roll their eyes at you because they're not getting close to that amount. And again, sleep is not an easy fix. It's, you know, kind of boring to be told you got to go to bed on time. <laughs> right. You um, have really dug into the issue of sleep. I know that you have um, written about the fact that teens and frankly, teachers would benefit from later start times. So this is a huge topic of interest of yours. During the pandemic, so many of us have seen our teens adjust their sleep schedules without having to get up in the morning. They are definitely staying up later, but they have that uh, freedom to sleep later as, as well. I'm really curious what your thoughts are on that. Oh, absolutely. And I've seen that in my own household. I'm guessing so many parents around the country have seen that too. Um, the basic issue is that teens have a different sleep schedule than the schedule that's that tends to be imposed upon them by the school schedule. Um, and the reason for that really is biology, that when kids hit adolescence, there's a shift in their body clock and their circadian rhythms um, are not the same as when they were young children. And so they are naturally um, inclined to stay up later at night because they're just not sleepy. They're not able to fall asleep until closer to 11 at night. Well, if they are falling asleep at 11 at night and they're supposed to be getting eight to 10 hours a night, and then school starting at say 7.30, which is when our local high school starts, there's no way they can get enough sleep. So that's a really, really huge topic. Um, and that's one that has been called out uh, that specifically schools should start at 8.30 or later so that kids, uh, teens can get the amount of sleep they need. And when I say schools, specifically middle and high schools, because that's the age range when kids uh, you know, have hit puberty when this circadian rhythm shift has kicked in and when they just can't fall asleep early. And unfortunately, that's also when the schools tend, tend to start the earliest. So the, the kids are caught on both ends. I know that um, as my kids hit puberty, it's almost like a switch goes off and they start coming alive at 9 p.m. at night. <laughs> you know, you can't really interact very meaningfully with them before that. You can have a conversation, but it's always after 9 p.m. If they want to engage, it's going to be then doesn't necessarily go with their mother's sleep cycle, but you know, I adapt. <laughs> yeah. And to your point earlier, so without those school schedules, they're able to do that. They're able to stay up later, go to bed at a time that feels more natural for them and not have to get up at, you know, five thirty or six or whatever time they have to get up to get to school on time. And that, it, you know, really just seeing them revert to what's more of a natural sleep schedule really just reinforced for me what a mismatch it is with our current situation. You know, I mentioned our 7.30 high school start time, which to me was just incredibly early. It's not all that unusual. The no. time that's recommended is 8.30. As I mentioned, the most recent statistics from the 2017-2018 school year showed that 
17.5% of public high schools started at 8.30 or later. Wow. All the rest of the kids are starting much, much earlier. And there are schools that are starting at 7 a.m., which, and, you know, just to keep in mind, they're required to be in their seats. This is not, oh, you can show right. up a little bit late. You know, be at your desk on time. And as adults, generally speaking, we don't tend to have that. Be there at 7 or 7.30 or else, you know, or else you'll be marked That's true. ruins or something. <laughs> Just not allowing them to get the sleep they need. You know, there is a tendency of parents, especially because we have all the responsibilities that we have, that our minds go to this place that our kids are being lazy because they are still in bed in the morning. And I think it's helpful for all of us to pay attention to what you said a little bit ago. Like for one, this is actually a biological imperative. This is how they are wired. Absolutely. And the fact that we're pretty much all right now seeing our teens revert to this schedule, it probably means it's a thing with teens. It's not, I'm screwing up and you screwed up and you screwed up. We're not doing something wrong. Our kids actually for the first time have the freedom to live according to their interior biological clock. Absolutely. And there is indeed, you know, a movement afoot to get schools to start later. That's something I was very involved with here in California. The first state to pass a law goes into effect July of 2022 to require public middle and high schools to start later. There are so many districts around the country that are already doing this. But again, when you look at those numbers, you can see it's still really a drop in the bucket. Mm -hmm. For all those other kids, they absolutely could use the later school schedules. And right now, they don't have them. So this has been a, a nice break from that. In the midst of all the other you know, chaotic change that's been going on, it has been a, a bit of a silver lining that at least teens have been able to, by and large, get more sleep. <laughs> I want to circle back to just kind of wrap up our conversation here to circle back to the question around what do we watch for with our boys? I mean, we're seeing, you know, if they're asking for supplements, okay, we kind of have an idea now that that's going on. But what, what other signs should we watch for in our tweens and teens around their body image? When should we be worried? When can we just kind of, you know, maybe right the ship a little bit and point them in a, in a more healthy direction? But when does a parent call the doctor or get really serious about body shaping? That's, that's a very good question. Um, I think the advice that I would give, and certainly this is what I heard from the experts, is really staying in, in fairly close contact with your teen about what's going on. Being able to have these sort of open, non-judgmental conversations so you're aware of what supplements they're using and why. In my case, when my son said he was starting to cut, that you know, immediately put me on higher alert to sort of be watching that. Now, a little more tricky because he was away at college at that point. He then came home, which made it easier to monitor those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a point where one of the risks is that using some of these supplements, uh, in fact, can be a gateway to other far more dangerous supplements, things like um, anabolic steroid use later on. But in terms of weight and body image, that's also a concern. Um, as we talked about, boys have so much pressure in terms of what they look like. Th there can be a point where 
they have the, the um, muscle dysmorphia where they feel like, you know, you look at them, you see that they're, they're big, they're muscular, but they think they, they're not muscular enough. And that's a term that they sort of call reverse anorexia or bigorexia. So that's absolutely something to watch for. And just the, I think it's all in terms of degrees of intensity too, the restricted eating, when it starts to tip over so that it is more of um, an obsession, um, where it tends to be much more taking over their lives, any of those things. And also I feel like as a parent, when you see things that where it sort of seems like it's tipping into something that's less healthy, that's probably a time to consult the pediatrician or healthcare provider about it. Because I think, as you mentioned when we started the program, for girls, it's far more widely known that you know girls can be at risk for eating disorders and the body image concerns, but boys absolutely have that too. And those are not often recognized as quickly. And recognizing it means therefore being able to start treatment of it uh, that much sooner. It's an excellent point. Um, I want to reiterate, follow your gut. If your gut is, I feel funny about this, err on the side of talking to your kid, reach out to your healthcare provider, right? Your healthcare provider can be um, an objective third party. At the same time, be aware that not all healthcare providers yet recognize that body image and muscle dysmorphia can be issues for boys as well. There is much more awareness, even within the medical community, of these issues and eating disorders in girls and not as much yet in boys. So definitely start with your healthcare provider, but if you do not feel satisfied with the response that you get or you don't feel like they're taking you seriously, keep looking. And you may want to specifically um, Google online research uh, like um, body image boys, eating disorder boys, and see if there's a local place uh, near you that has some expertise in boys. Absolutely. Um, and I would just add to that, one of the experts, experts I spoke to, uh, Dr. Jason Nagata, he's at UCSF. And his focus really is on um, uh, adolescent uh, eating disorders. And what he said is it is generally under-recognized, but also, you know, using these supplements is something to be monitoring because it's not necessarily, you know, a, a direct line, but when teens are using these supplements, they are more likely down the road to exhibit some of these, what they term the disordered eating behaviors and the compulsive exercise. So just to sort of be aware and to be monitoring that is really key. There's a couple other things I just wanted to bring up because this is where a parent also may want to keep in mind. In some cases with boys, they're turning to these supplements. They want to, to, to be bigger. They want to look bigger. If they haven't yet started puberty, that's really going to be difficult for them. There's just no substitute for puberty. So they may be trying these and they're just not going to be seeing the results. Sometimes a little patience is what's needed. And, and that's, that's a hard message for parents to have to give their, their so teens, but it really is um, a factor that needs to be taken into account. If so, you have a seventh grade boy who looks like a fourth grade boy and he has other kids in his class who look like they could be graduating from high school, 
that's just where they're at right now. Supplements are not going to change that. Yeah, they are not. And, and they don't want to hear that, but it is, no. the, the, you know, the, the sad truth. The other thing too, I would say is being able to provide um, kids with some resources they can look at. And one that was recommended to me from the US Anti-Doping Agency website actually, is they have a nutrition guide, which oh. does outline you know, what kind of things to eat uh, to help fuel performance, because that's really what these teens are after. And they also have on their site something else that talks about all these supplements. So that can be a, help, a helpful resource for them too. So, you know, maybe you just sort of give them the, the URL, maybe they'll actually look it up, maybe they won't, but it is a good resource that was recommended to me. So I did want to be sure to pass that along as well. I'm going to make sure to put that in the show notes so that you can just click on that and share it with your kid. Sometimes I print things out. I know it sounds old fashioned, but if I print it out and lay it on the kitchen table, they can't miss it. I mean, well, they can, but I try. Or glue it to the back of their cereal box. You know, we used to read cereal boxes and got all sorts of education. I know. Put it on there. Thank you so much, Lisa. This has been so informative. And I think it really just highlights what Jen and I say all the time is that you have to have these conversations with your kids. And they have to start earlier than you might think they do. It's that reassurance of that seventh grader. But if he's heard it all along, fourth, fifth, yeah, your body's growing at a different rate than your classmates, and it will grow. And there is reassurance there. You will, you will have muscles at some point, and everybody has different body shapes. Absolutely. I think that's important for, for all of our teens and really for all of us to just to keep in mind what you see in the media and what you see in terms of body image. Um, doesn't always correspond with reality. Are you worried about your teen's mental health? We have talked a lot here on On Boys about mental health concerns, anxiety, depression, suicide prevention. If you think that your teen might benefit from some professional support, go to teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Teen Counseling connects your 13 to 19 year old with a licensed professional counselor and all counseling sessions are done via video conferencing or the phone. On Boys listeners can get 10% off their first month. Sign up at teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Thanks for joining On Boys. Real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.